podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello everybody and welcome to the latest Anfield Index Under Pressure podcast. My name's Dan Kenner, uh, and with me uh, to discuss the Inter uh, and Brighton games. Uh, not two wins this week, which is a bit of a novelty for us. Um, this is going to be a sports, seven, sports science heavy focus pod because I have the two brainiacs with me. Um, first of all, uh, he, he's broadcasting live from his ivory tower at Middlesex University. It is Dr. Phil Barter. How are you doing? <laughs> They don't pay me enough to sit there at night time, Darth, but yeah. You know. Yeah, and then on conversely, I, I do have our, and he's broadcasting live from Derby Ladies' um, boot room, I believe, si. Simon Brundish. Evening, boys. <laughs> yeah, the contrast between you two fellas, I love it. Might be closer to SGP. I actually am closer to SGP right now. Oh, name dropping St. George's Park there, there for anybody who doesn't realise at the National Training Complex. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. Now, we are not going to spend very long on the Inter game. Unfortunately, we don't have any pressing. Roji's been uh, otherwise engaged and not able to do it, um, unfortunately, this week. So, But we are going to just touch very briefly on the Inter game, but before we focus, focus in on Brighton. So... Um, I guess the, the most one of the, the biggest things we need to focus on the inter game is is as in all this recent run is is the rotation and and the use of the squad. Um, so, Sai, I mean, it was yet another. Um, was it four changes from the weekend? Uh, three, three. Yeah. Um, great. Keep doing it. We do. It's such a really systematic, plotted out in advance. Uh, yeah. sticking to all the science rotation model. Uh, Tim Gabbert who would be overjoyed with this. Um, Bart's will know what I'm talking about. Um, uh, it's just tremendous. Keep it up. It's keeping our legs fresh of the runners in midfield um, and keeping everybody... I don't know. This It feels like the most attuned our midfield have been to coming in and out. Like... Yeah. Yeah. The do you not see like the level of meritocracy is it is high it is peak under Klopp I've never yeah, seen this I before. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Like Hendo's getting dragged off, and, and there's no like oh we're going to leave this lad because he is better he, he is a bigger character or whatever. It's not. It's just it's literally we're we're everybody is playing well. Everybody is having a decent amount of minutes to to retain um, some kind of rhythm and yeah. keep them topped up. It's 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 a masterclass. Yeah, it's amazing and- what. What um, sharing the minutes out does have motivation, doesn't it? An engagement in the in the in the model and the process. We saw we saw Thiago, Fab, and CJ for the third time in three weeks, didn't we? In the middle in mm. in, in one of the games, so uh, exactly, yeah. Uh, and then it was Jota's turn to come back in, and um, 
um, who went off early this time. Um, it was the midfielders who rotated this game, but you know. But then we saw on the weekend game we'll come to Diaz was back in, and 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 yeah. So it's just a continual um, use of the squad anyway. Very nice indeed. Uh, Inter um, were pretty much um, they went they went with Sanchez um, Bartz. I guess that was a big deal from them. Yeah, drop Deco and uh, Jeco even uh, put Sanchez in, but everything else was the same from the first leg. Yeah. Um, I mean, Jekko scored a hat trick at the weekend, I think, before the game, and then gets, gets dropped and doesn't even get any minutes. So, um, yeah. But I think, so, it made, I think it made him more mobile up top. Um, yeah, more pressing as well, I guess. More pressing. Well, yeah. um, but um, apparently, uh, so yeah, I, I read that uh, on the internet that um, Inter out, um, Inzaghi outcoached Klopp in both of the legs. So I'm just wondering, uh, Bart, who did Inter get in the next round? I, I don't know. I mean, the draw's Friday, so I mean, I'm I'm, I'm on tenterhooks to see who they get. I really am. I mean, maybe they get a favourable draw, you know. So, um, but absolutely shocking comments you see on the internet, isn't it these days? <laughs> um, but me and me and uh, me and uh, Sai were both at the game. I haven't actually watched this one back. I I didn't have much motivation to watch the defeat back when we'd already when we were going through anyway. Um, I put the po- I put the passing networks in the. Um, in the in the in the live show chat, just a quick word on the summary statistics for the match because Rosie's not here to do his summary. It was twelve shots to six uh, for us, uh, and the XG on this was on between the posts model was one point six to us to point three to Inter. Um, Inter didn't have a single shot within fourteen meters of goal, uh, and we had three big chances and, and contrived to miss them all. Um, I think they were Salah. Sal hitting the post uh, twice, and also the Diaz chance. I think were the big chances, um, and they, and the Diaz one at the end was a huge chance. To be fair, so uh, Bart, um, just a quick word on the patterns of play, and how do how did you see it on on the TV? Well, as I said, I said to you before, I didn't watch the first half live. Um, okay. I was out, I was out playing football myself, so um, yeah, I I thought to be honest with you, I mean, you guys were there. I, I think this is very similar to the first leg. Um, I thought they, the thing they, things that, that I I thought were great tactically, they they kept their wide players and they were wide wing backs high and wide, so they were always there. So the switch was always on, and we and you saw that with a couple of occasions where they won it and then switched it to the other side, and and they were causing us not trouble, but they were they were progressing that way. Um, I they they still did their pressing, as, I think as. Well, as can be, but I mean, it was the the cards that happened. I mean, just after their goal, that's the pivotal moment. After that, they changed tactics and they and they dropped off. Um, yeah. So you, it, that and that changed our approach and a lot of our. I mean, I will put in. I've done one of my graphs again about um, <clears throat> what we do in terms of our passing and touches, which you know, it, it, it's one of those. It sort of it shows you the periods in which we were we were good and bad. Um, but a lot of that is dependent on the fact that they went down to ten men. You know, yeah. we, which any side doing that in Europe, you look at your last period there on the on the bar graph. We were up, but yeah. that's also the period they were the last two parts there. We were we were playing against ten men. So yeah. um, I think it does show you the impact Diaz Diaz came on at eighty four minutes, didn't he? Yeah. So our shots went up and our final third passes went up a little bit at that time. But yeah, I, I not it, it was. I thought it was very similar to the first game in many regards, but in equally, I did generally that's why it made me laugh about the BT and and some of the general comments about Inzaghi out coaching Klopp because I, I thought we were fairly controlled. 
Uh, I generally thought we were keeping the ball well. I mean, some of our basics weren't great, but, you know, they they haven't been for a bit. But you look at pass map, it's a fairly decent pass map in terms of keeping it contained. Mm. Um, And if that, if he, what is it, 2% chance that he scores the goal from? Yeah, Um, yeah, it was, yeah. And as I said, if PVD does just defends that point better, or um, I mean, I'm not going to pick on Matip, but his choice of he has two options to do, and I think he chooses. Hindsight's a wonderful thing, but if you look at the image where he's got the ball just before he makes the pass, which is in the chat, he can play that to Thiago or Trent, but he chooses to go long and on the line to hit Salah, who's been muscled all game by their centre, by the forward or down the line. Yeah, and loses it. And then he doesn't re- doesn't recover, and then BVD doesn't step and make the thing, and they, and they score. It's a minor, minor point, why we won the tie. I don't know. I, mean, I think, um, to be honest, I mean, I think they're all very much in the thing that um, the whole match for me was we didn't go full gun. Um, no. We were kind of contained. We were kind of reserved because we were 2 all up to start the game. And... Sorry, I don't know about you, but I thought we were a little bit tentative, a little bit caught between two stools, maybe. I think it often feels like that more than it actually is because the outcome. I think we created some really good chances. Mo hit the post. You get if you get your best player the opportunity in the middle of the box that he had, and he hit the post twice. Um, Matip hit the bar. I think we created the chances to kill the game. We just set didn't. plays. We absolutely beasted them, didn't we? On set plays, every yeah. one yeah. came in. There was a shot yeah. off. Yeah, it was incredible. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they could live. If we'd have gone ahead, that'd have been, and, it, and we just over. didn't. And then they they scored from half-assed defending, largely yeah. a, a thunder bastard from from two really half-assed bits of defending. If we weren't two 0 up, no way in the world. Neither Matip or Virgil. It was for, it, it was the most un-Virgil-like thing. This is about as big as a mistake that Virgil Van Dyke makes. It was. We can't. We can't argue against it. We were two 0 up. Who cares? Like, yeah. fine. Just do that in this game, and then and save yourself for the games that actually matter, dude. Yeah. yeah. And then even then, his only guilty was allowing a allow a one in fifty chance to go unchallenged. Yeah. That's the that's exactly. a mistake. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but I think size right. Like, even at the end, Diaz has a chance in the box, right? Yeah. And Vidal comes from nowhere to block it, and that'd have been one all. I just we mm. traded, we hit the woodwork three times and had a chance like Diaz does. That that's what four four big chances. What four chances we would have scored off on another day at least one. So. Anyway, Abby, I got the two leg stats combined. Um, so obviously it was two one on aggregate. Um, XG over the two games was two point nine for us, point eight for Inter. Shots was twenty five to fifteen. Shots on target four to three in our favour. Shots in the box seventeen to seven. Um, big chances five for us over the two legs, zero for Inter. Uh, set plays one point three for us XG, point one for Inter. So we absolutely dominated on set plays. And an open play was 1.6 for us, 0.7 for Inter. So a pretty comprehensive, um, uh, a pretty pretty comprehensive tie, really. Uh, in what was one of the hardest last 16 opponents we could have drawn, to be fair. Um, yeah. I'm just going to put it to you, Bart. Um, in terms of the context of the season, um, taking an unlucky defeat like this, in the grand scheme of things, in a, in a, in a dead rubber, is is a pretty good. You know, we we take that it, that defeat would have been much more damaging in a league game, such as Le- like Leicester again, or in in the next you know the first leg of the next round. You know, for example. 
Yeah, no, I completely agree. Uh, it's that element of, oh, you talk about it a lot, about randomness, right? Yeah. So if you're going to take a random <laughs> event to lose a game of football in a game that doesn't really matter, then yeah, yeah fair play. I, I just like winning. <laughs> and, 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 and I think the boys do as well. Like but even we, even to... we lose, you know, and we lose yeah. about once every twenty games. You know, on yeah, I mean, average, that third in fifty-four or something. Like yeah, that. three losses in fifty-four. 54. Yeah, no, but I mean, Klopp said all the right things as well, saying none of them were angry. None of them were were happy. They were angry. They were disappointed after the game, and you just hope that. Well, as we'll come on to, they just get going and, and start again in China, and, and we, here we go again. I think it's just. I never like losing at home, and I know that's a really it doesn't matter whether it's home and away. I just it's just that thing, you know. We hadn't lost there in what nearly a year or something. It was just that, those kind of things, but they don't actually matter. You're right, and if you're going to take the random event, then let's hope we don't get any more what two percent chances for the rest of the season going. You know. Yeah, the only thing I would say it's a shame that we haven't got the pressing data for is because I don't think we pressed that well in 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 attack no, in the game. And I was quite impressed, Si, I don't know about you, by their press resistance, especially in that um, um, centre-left area of their team with Brozovic, Bastoni, De Vrij, Kalamoglu. That, they, I thought they were pretty useful there. How did you see them? I, I, thought they, I, I thought we were way better than people give us credit for. We pressed really well. They were unbelievably, unbelievably press resistant. They played... They, they managed to control what we were doing. They knew what we were going to do. And they were happy for us too, and they tried to take advantage of it by their brilliant um, uh, playing out. Uh, they were greatly helped by the fact that their that the referee was an abomination. He was a proper pre- yeah. Oh my yeah. god, he might be the worst referee in performance at Anfield that I remember for a long while. But the one was... in the way leg was really good. The referee yeah, in the way leg, yeah, yeah. That guy was absolutely yeah. awful. He looked um, like he had no control of the match to me. I agree. Yeah, and 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 it was one of those moments. It it remind it was one of those games. It reminded me of um, like late Brendan when when things were going against us a little bit. The ref was terrible, and the, it got into the players' heads that the ref and the, definitely on the fans' heads that the ref was terrible, and yeah. the opposition <clears throat> could kind of do what they wanted to. And and we kind of recovered, but there were definite moments in the game where where we lost our heads a little bit. Not like throwing ourselves around trying to recover it Stevie G style, but where it just felt like it was going against us. So let's just keep the ball. Nothing's going our way. Um, uh, but... You know what uh, it reminded me of, Apart so. from their, their really tacit possession-based you, stuff. You, you said Brendan, so It reminded me of um, Dalglish, the, the Kenny season. Oh, uh, really? yeah. I get that. Yeah. We're hitting the post. Yeah, hitting the post and loads and loads of shots and, 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 and loads of loads of big chances without scoring and stuff. It was just more like that. But yeah. no, I, I just meant like the body language when the referee gave yet another oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 I can see that. Yeah. Um, so we have to talk about the ref briefly. Um, so Sanchez on Thiago in the first half, was that a red? Was that, Phil? Was that a, was it an orange? Yeah. And I know. As I said, I, I did watch the first half because I hadn't actually watched it live. Did you see the incident? I, yeah, I thought it was a red card. He's, yeah. he's, he's, he's above the ball, studs on the leg. I, I think, is he, is he in control? No, it's reckless. Um, the, ref gave, the ref gave the yellow and they reviewed it to the VAR, but they didn't say yeah, serious foul play. I, I, he's not in control. For me, yeah. he's not in control of the challenge, which as the only decent thing about BT, which they bring a ref on to talk about decisions at the end of the game. 
he defined it as being, you know, are you in, you know, basically, do, do you have control of your of your body if you like? Uh, and that's where it's deemed or reckless. And I, and I, I don't think he did. He completely yeah. missed the ball and hit Thiago's leg. And yeah. you're lucky that Thiago moved a little bit, otherwise could have been in trouble. Um, and obviously the main one after the game was then Sanchez's second yellow. Um, what what was the outrage about this? Because um, you oh, saw this unfold on TV. What was the outrage about? It, I, I generally couldn't believe what I was listening to. So again, uh, I think it's Peter Walton, isn't it, comes on. Did he say it was a second yellow? He said it was second yellow and he, he said the first one he... He thought it was like an orange, if you like. It was in between. The second, the second one, he was like, "No, this is definite. That's a definite se- uh, second yellow, and deservedly sent off because he's out of control. He's, he, you know, he's out of control." And then when Rio started off talking about, "Well, he's not intended that," you can see trying to pull out. The referee went, "Intent was taken out of the law ten years ago, Rio." Uh-huh. And then literally carried on. And then I can't remember the the girl who was uh, the woman. Sorry, was it Farrah was Williams. With, Farrah Williams. Player. Yeah, and Everton as well, um, started talking about how Fab was late to the challenge, so it was his fault he got challenged. Um, and, and actually Sanchez made a pass, so he got booked for making a pass. And I was just sat there in disbelief <laughs> that a guy's gone over the ball into one of our players, and yet they're blaming yeah. Fab for getting a foul on. Oh, I just mean, couldn't believe it. You mean Liverpool, Liverpool, ex-Liverpool captain, Farrah Williams? Yeah, I think she was Everton as well, wasn't she? I think it's great for everybody. Literally yeah. everybody in the league, Chelsea, Arsenal. Yeah. So but anyway, yeah. So, so there are basically it's because everybody was disappointed because the game was just getting interesting and then it was ended. Is that basically and then they had to I think so, yeah, and then they basically started the fact that Liverpool were lucky over the two legs. Okay. And the inter should have gone through. Brilliant. That's the analysis. Uh, That's the level of analysis we get in the exactly. UK, everybody. And yeah. I literally had to turn it off at that point. I was like, I'm not listening to this. That's absolute rubbish because I knew the XG at that point was nearly 3 to 0. 0.6 or whatever as it looked on football. And I was just, that's a ridiculous statement. Absolutely ridiculous statement. And uh, is it Jack Humphreys? Is it Jake Humphreys? Jake, Jake, yeah. Yeah, he was just completely agreeing with them nodding along. And I was like, wow. Wow, people pay for this. I mean, obviously, I pay for it. Obviously, yeah. oh, Jake's had a bad week by because he was roundly mocked in the by the entire mediocrity of uh, media and uh, the media pundits because he he they did a tweet earlier in the week saying that podcasts were a niche thing and everybody should do them. Oh, and, this it, was it, a, and it was it was it wasn't even that. It was aren't I amazing for managing to make this it, this into the number one podcast in Britain? Uh, this weird niche podcasting thing because I've made it famous now. Yeah. <sighs> so anyway, so Jake's had a bit of a mare this week. No, and he was no, no, though I think he's probably doing all right with a with a forty thousand sellout of sixty pound a ticket. Is it his high performance podcast? Isn't it high yeah. performance podcast? Yeah. Is it any good? By the way, sorry. I don't enjoy it, but um, uh, he gets lots of good reviews. There's lots of sports sciencey stuff on there. Is that the one that had the ref on it? Sorry. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Anyway, anything more. else on Inter? Uh, no. Um, they had six touches in the box. We had thirty-two. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty dominant. It's yeah. To say that we didn't deserve to go through is an absolute shocker. It's garbage. Bear in mind, Inter were my second team as a kid. I love Inter. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I. I'm not gonna, um, you know, take them out of the knees here. That they, I, I was really pleased with how some of their players played and and their tactical setup and how how Inzaghi imposed their will on us. Um, 
but it, it wasn't close. It really wasn't. Like that, if Burnley had had that uh, impact on our that threat on our goal over two game period, you couldn't even the British press couldn't have even made out that that was uh, unlucky for for them to go out. Yeah, and if you could pick um, one Inter player um, to for us to sign, say who would it be? Oh, Borello. Okay, and he didn't even play in the two matches. No. No. no, that's a big deal for them, but yeah. Okay, and of the, of the ones who played? Callum uh, Oglu is Nate, Bastoni? I yeah, I love Bastoni, but uh, where's he going to play? He's going to yeah, get Perisic. Virgil out of the team. Yeah, I like Perisic, but again, where's he going to play? He's yeah. 47. No, I know, but it, I just, you know what I mean, I just like a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, that's what I say, Callum Oglu is an eight, one of the... Uh, love love Callum Oglu, uh, yeah, yeah. but no, don't worry okay. enough. Okay, Anyway, let's move on. Right, uh, so big game, Saturday lunchtime. We go first this week. Um, first game up. I'm, I still don't like the 12.30 Saturday kickoffs, um, but we go down there, and uh, it was an absolutely routine 2-0 win. Um, and we're going to start again with the, the with the rotation side because yet more changes. Yeah, just it's, it just continued the whole trend. What, three more? Um, and he keeps rotating both the eights. Fab, fab plays, rotate the eights, and rotates one of the forwards just to make sure all of the hot runners um, are given a bit of time off to, to dull the high intensity so that they're ready to f- fly again for the next game. And they're, uh, they're largely getting 30 uh, or 60 and rock and roll. It's, it's, it's utterly tremendous. And we're going to hopefully get a bit more rotation on. Do we play Forest on Friday, wherever it is? Sunday, maybe? Don't know. So the FA 20th, Cup... 20th, isn't it? Don't know. Yeah, the FA Cup yeah. will get a bit more rotation. Yeah. Um, but um, something to come back to you, because you were the main architect of this at the start of the season, the roles discussion. The number one thing we are seeing in, in, terms, of the, in terms of the selection, the rotations in recent weeks, is... Um, the ro- the rotation of Naby and Thiago in that yeah, left hand role. I think and it's I think it's helping both um because it's keeping them both feet fit from a physiological point of view. But I think it also helps give Naby that regular game time, which I think he needs. And you're starting to see that now. I think we said in the chat before the game, I said, I said to Gags, he's he's now connecting both our defensive play and our attacking play. And you can we'll come on to it in some of the chains. But um I think you're starting to see this is a really good run of form. What is it now? Eight games he's played now in a row. So like he, he, he's he's really coming onto his own. And he's he's, and I think they've, they've what I like about it is they've both seemingly bought into the fact that right, okay, he's doing he's starting, he's getting sixty. I'll come out to thirty, and I'll have, I'll have an impact. They both know they've got chances to have an impact, and I think we're we're benefiting the control we've had in the last this this run of games. Been, but it's it's but it's really literally good. ninety minutes over two matches, yeah, isn't it? Each, it is, yeah. yeah, each. It's perfect. And at the moment, I know we're all talking about. I mean, when we first saw the, the fixtures, we were like, "Oh, it's, there's a load of fixtures." But it's almost perfect for that type of con- not congestion, but a run of fixtures. We got a game, two games a week. The the right amount of rest here and there, and we can play these guys ninety each, split over two games, and it, and it means we we maintain that control. I think it'd be great. I think Fab will probably drop out for the uh, FA Cup to give him a rest, which means Hendo's minutes might be limited against Arsenal. Um, but 
Yeah, I just think it's it's working well and the roles therefore are defined and I think you're starting to get the side they look um machine like if we can say that. I think we can I think we can definitely say that. <laughs> really we can. Um so one of the stories I wanna look at in the Brighton match in the data as well as the performance is the is the is the contrast with the reverse fixture Sai back in uh, October. Um because that match was one of our poorest performances of the season. And we were very lucky, you think, not to lose that match, despite being 2-0 up at one point. Um, how did you see, you know, you're thinking back to that game and and, and the way we, we changed that and, and the way we approached this game? Um, I, think, I think we just had a better um, line-up in midfield, basically. Um, that we had much better control in this game than in that game, even though possession was similar. Um, and at no point did we get counted on, which was quite... We were going through a period, if you remember, at the time, where our midfield were kind of getting settled. And we were getting there were periods in the game where people were just running straight past the midfield and they were knocking yeah. the ball. Caught ahead of the ball. Getting yeah. through. Yeah, and that didn't happen. We're in much greater control of space. I think there's a few factors in in play there. I think um, the midfield know their roles better. I think the the connecting eight is doing a much better job now. I think that um, that Hendo isn't playing with his hair on fire, and I think also Virgil is back to being masterful. And I think he was a little bit shaky early in the season, which which kind of caused a little bit of that stress at the back line. Yeah. So now Virgil is at what nineteen uh, twenty? He's at nineteen months after the injury, initial injury. No? Yeah. So um, and you said I remember you saying at the time you can be playing again after eleven months with a fair wind, but you know there's a period of recovery that doesn't come for another you know three or four, even five months after you first yeah, come yeah, back. Yeah. Easy. So, yeah, and we're so so. Eighteen months is typical. Typical when you start to feel like yourself, right? And okay. there's still after that. There's still another six months that you're in the risk at risk window. Okay. But okay. he is. But bear in mind that the numbers on these things are, are set against all populations, not just against people that are six foot seven, um, made of Greek marble. <laughs> nice. So that back, that game back in October, there was the uh, the front three was the classic front three um, in their in their in their lineup, and it was we played Curtis uh, on the left eight, Naby was the right eight, and Hendo was the six. So, uh, but in this game, um, Bart's it was um, it was it was your preferred um, your preferred blend in the midfield. Yeah, if I can't have Thiago every game, yes. Uh, it was Navi on the left as a controller. In terms of blend of roles, sorry. The roles, yeah, yeah. Everyone, everyone who was on the pitch in the midfield was, was playing the role they should be playing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, round pegs and round holes. Round pegs and round holes, yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 Uh, and the, I guess the other thing too is the, is the experiment with Mane as the centre-forward uh, continues with Diaz on the left and um, and, and, and Mo on the right. I mean, just just generally, I mean, how, how do you think that Sadio is adapting to the... Uh, to the centre-forward role, but... Yeah, because I remember we were chatting about this and I think it's, it's hard, isn't it? Because um, on a second watch, 
you get a lot more out of what Sadio does than on a first watch. I think a first watch you can get frustrated by he's on the ball stuff. You know, he, he's yeah. not. I don't think he's, he's. We've got used to seeing Jota playing up front, which as Sai calls him Lineker, he's you know he finishes pretty much everything that comes near him. Um, and Sadio's not quite doing that. But then off the ball, when you watch it back again, he is pressing better. If you look at the a lot of the average positions, he's he's in, he's helping. He's back in. Um, I know he, we've coming onto the present day with this with this game, and he, I think he's very much improved. He drops. He's learning to drop onto. Uh, I think it's Basson. Is it uh, Basami or whatever? Basuma. His name is. Basuma drops yeah. on him in this game, so that helps out. So I think he's. Whereas early on doing this role, I think he was playing almost like he would do it for for his national side. So it was just playing yeah. the role. So I think he's learning that now. I'm still not a hundred percent. I think I'd still rather have Jota in form playing that role, but you know, um, we we might come on to that. But no, I think he's. This is definitely one of those where you know we always say you pick a lot more up by watching it a second time around. I think you pick a lot more up what Sadio does off the ball on a second time watch. Yeah, um, and so say coming on to the start of the match, um, it was there was a little bit of um, a little bit of a tussle early doors with with Brighton having some good possession. In the first few minutes, and they had a, a long shot from um, Morpay that had Allison scrambling. Um, but looking at the Papa chart, it, the intensity of that first that first period was unbelievable. This, and it was just this general speed of the match was just phenomenal. Yeah, they uh, that we both really were were uh, high white hot impressing um and nobody was having a second touch of the ball they were all trying to get a touch of the ball and and both time both sides were flying into into presses both were um really compressing the play as well um, and there were some opportunities over the top for both teams early on um i think they had three shots before we had our first yeah um, yeah 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 hot shots yeah. kind of more yeah but yeah but still yeah, yeah I, rather than yeah. big chances or anything <clears throat> Yeah, but it, it really that even that being said, there have been games recently where where teams are, uh, haven't had three three shots in the whole game against us. So uh, on target, so so is it's they still fancied their chances by going toe to toe with us. I thought that that was their that was their methodology in this game. Yeah, and I think it's fair to say, say that they they don't play like the majority of teams we come up against in the Premier League. They um, they don't they build it through midfield. They don't necessarily just launch everything straight back over our heads. They are, and they, they they look to dominate the ball. Yeah, they do, and they they I think Leeds are similar in one facet of that. Um, in the that they want the ball, they want to dominate possession. Um, one that leads press slightly more than Brighton do, but Brighton are still a high pressing team. Brighton play yeah. like that; they have players that are much better than they are. Um, it, it's weird that Potter gets a lot of credit, but he actually coaches and sets up um, their team like literally every academy team in the country. Every academy team in the country. Th- coach thinks they are Pep Guardiola and just set up their team to do to play out from the back split the centre backs uh, drop their centre forward in all of that stuff all the pretty stuff um, but uh, and you can which is is fantastic and you might get some shiny possession numbers but in the grand scheme of things unless you have great players up front um, 
you don't get the cutting edge in the end. Well, I was about to say that. I mean, is there a problem that they have no cutting edge? Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. or let me pose this. Is there a problem that they play in a way that requires a higher calibre of player than they have to be successful? That's a good point. That's a very We've said that point. before, though, haven't we? We've... That's Pep, isn't it? I know you've said that already, but I'm just saying... There's two, like we said about Palace at the start of the season, didn't they? They got beat by us at Anfield, and we had that conversation about the fact that Bier is trying to implant a new way of playing, trying to get him to play, and maybe it's not quite suit the players, but he kept going with it, and now he's got him playing. Mm. Potter's been at this for two years now, and he's still getting the same results, you know. So I think there's something in what I said there in terms of the quality of player can't put away the chances they're getting. Um, you know, they, they do some interesting stuff, they press around the to the two Ds for us, uh, which is different. Um, I didn't really think they went high press with us; they just waited for us. Mm. Um, our, I think our high, our long ball rate was slightly up, two percent up, maybe. I was going to say, do you do you, do you think that um, we changed? We've had some problems with Brighton in the last two years, maybe two and a half years. Do you think we changed our approach to this game, but I think it's what. Yeah, I think keeping we learned from our previous engagements with them. Yeah, I, I do. I mean, uh, keep you up. You mentioned it in the in one of the chats. He said that he hadn't seen Addison go short for a long for a goal kick all game, and yeah. I think on a quick scan, he's right. They, they, he went long with pretty much all of them. Yeah. Um, and if you which negates that, so they're not. They, you don't get into that zone where Brighton were looking to target. We just dive, bypass that and then went. Well, yeah. Our players, our two players that got pressed the mo- that made the most passes under pressure were the two centre backs. And that is not how teams usually set up against us. Yeah. They, they, if anything, they'll only target one of them. Nobody ever targets Virgil. And um, they will typically target one of one or two of the midfielders. So you, you usually get a hot spot of pressing in the midfield. And what they did was backed off the midfield and, um, and mostly allowed... Um, they cut the passing lanes into Fab. They pressured... Uh, Matip and and Virgil, and they allow stupidly. Um, they were um, allowing Trent and Robbo a little bit more time uh, to bring the ball to to the cent- uh, like the center circle uh, to the halfway line, and then they were pressing them um, rather than pressing them straight away. Or if they were in, a, in their half, they got pressed straight away. But they were allowed to be an out ball at the back, which is really interesting. Um, and it was a different way of pressing and putting pressure on our players that they actually comp- they played really, really compact. So lots of teams that play against us, they play with the, the really tight back yeah. four or, or five, but then they also drop their wide players. So they yeah. cover the whole of the back line. And and we had twenty or twenty meters either side of their fullbacks to the touchline if we wanted them. Yeah, I think they they changed system second half. I think they started yeah. with a four and they went to a three in the second half. So um, because of that space. Just, yeah, because of that space. I'm saying, yeah. So, um, but say what you were saying there is definitely there was an, at least four occasions in the first fifteen minutes where. We tried to counter right through the middle and either Basuma or one of the centre backs, or you know, somebody broke up an attack and then they sprung directly from that. But I thought there was a notable, noticeable shift that we almost like 
outpatiented them, you know, um, because we almost like reversed that tactic because and we did in, in in this game a lot of our pressing, which we'll show in a minute, was was in was definitely in more of a mid block position, and we managed to spring encounter on Brighton, especially as the first half went on. How did you see that? Yeah, yeah. makes sense. The, if you look at the average average positional touch map of uh, Robbo, Robbo played. Uh, much more of the conservative inverted fullback than Trent in this game. Um, and he had an awful lot of cover from Naby. Naby was always in the right spot, um, uh, blocking off uh, the pass into Malpe or um, or tucking in with with Robbo and making little triangle combina- combinations to play out from that side. He was and leaving a big, huge swathe of land for Diaz to do whatever he liked down that wing and just backing up play, giving him some support rather than getting around him. And on the other side, we were creating the, the right side triangle a little, that, like we had been earlier in the season. So it's, I don't think I've seen that role from Robbo very often, Cypher, where he's almost become almost like a, a continuity player at left back rather than the, the attacking outlets and stuff like that. But he had the most passes in the match. Yeah, it's just it's it's the combinations we we talked yeah. last week about the the uh, different skill sets that the the forwards provide, and you literally just want you just want to make sure that the lunatic on the left wing gets the ball quickly, gets to isolate his man, but you're yeah. also you've got somebody in in close proximity to pick it up when the ball bounces off somebody's shin, and they don't get to break on him. That's it, because he can cause any sort of damage. He's going to get the ball and run like a lunatic. There is a there is a good chance that that he is going to lose possession and the ball's going to go back behind you. So don't go round outside him. There's no reason to 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 cause so, that overload on the overlap on the outside because yeah. he can beat the man on his own. Question so, for you with your sports science hats on, both of you lads. Um, uh, is Diaz our quickest player now over any of these distances, 10, 20, 50 meters? Or is he kind of just in the top bracket of our team? I think he's fast. I'm I'm not I sure he's that fast. Yeah, I, I'm not. The thing that impresses me is he can sustain it over a long over a long distance. I'm not sure he's that quick off the mark. Um, Sadio, remember early in the season, didn't he on the on the LFC one of the LFC videos? Yeah. He said, "Oh, um, he said who's the fastest in the team?" He said, "Oh, uh, over fifty meters, Virgil." And he said, "Over five meters, me." <laughs> <laughs> so they obviously test these things in training, don't they? But, but, it, yeah. but it's like you're talking about the context here is, as Cy often says, this is one of the quickest teams in the Prem. Yeah. Like, they're all not slow at all. Yeah. You know, even Joel's probably quicker than, than, than us. You know? Oh, God. <laughs> Ali's quicker than us. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, they're all not slow. It's I, bet, I bet there are five players that, I bet there are five defenders that are faster than Matip. Mm. He is rapid, and we yeah. just don't give cr- credit to how fast footballers are, but also how fast our players are, because Virgil van Dijk's the fastest by an absolute mile. Yeah. And, it, and you just never see that absolute max speed. He, he shows about once every five games when he's in trouble. Yeah, but you've you also got to be quick, because we defend massive spaces. Yeah. You know, part one of the, the counteracts to that is that you have you have space to recover if you need to, but we hardly ever need to recover. But yeah, it, it's they're all not slow. Yeah. Anyway, we will um, we will come on to a couple of more discussions about the pace thing in a minute. But let's talk about the opening goal. Um, Sorry, um, this was this was Joel Matip 
and as Alan Hansen reincarnates, basically, as he, as he's continued his whole of twenty one twenty two form, he was amazing. Yeah, he is. He was brilliant. Do you know what? That's a really, really good comparison. I yeah. I hate the the comparisons with Van, uh, Van Dyke and and Hansen because I don't think it's fair to to Hansen. Um, they're not the same. Virgil can do all the things that Alan Hansen used to do, and about four thousand things more. Um, but Matip might be a much better comparison. He he, do, he goes on the mazy runs that Hansen used to, mm. just from the other side of the pitch. Um, but we we saw this pass five or six games ago for the first time. Him try to attempt this stuff. Um, it, it came about basically that they were making sure, as I said, that uh, Trent is pressured as soon as he gets the ball in the opposition's half, and so um, they they uh, their left back was had an eye on Trent. Trent was high, and he he made a fake run forward, drop deep which dragged uh, the eight out towards him, which created a little bit of space for Matip to meander into midfield, totally unmarked, um, that Mane had cycled uh, deep, doing the little bobby thing. Um, and both both the uh, wide forwards had come inside um, and both of them made runs at the same time. And Matip just made a just phenomenal Trent-like pass. Um, and the rapid... Diaz got on the end of it and brained just a lunatic of a man threw himself at it and and got like properly uh, GBH'd um, to within an inch of his life I think but it was it was, it was a fabulous pass. Um, and just just from the because you're the you're the player uh, one who came closest to playing at a pro level here. Um, in fact, the only one who came close. Um, <laughs> he would have um, Diaz would have known. Wouldn't he say that the keeper was about to to clatter him, right? Yeah, hundred percent. See him, you can hear it. Yeah, but tremendous bravery in that, in, in knowing that you're going to get flattened. To, tremendous well, bravery. Do to you go know what? Head. Right? Yeah, there is some bravery involved, but you, you, he's not expecting to get a knee in the chin. In the chin. Nah. He's just expecting to get bumped by his chest. He's not or expecting to get slapped by his bicep, but you're not going to get kneed in the in the chin. Nah. Yeah. You don't expect assault, you just expect contact. So 100%, he would have stuck his head there. He wasn't low, he wasn't expecting to get kicked. He would have stuck his head in. Part of him might have thought he might have got a fist if he'd have come yeah. to clear it, but by that stage he would have got a penalty, that's a risk he's willing to take. He would have expected some contact, for sure. But they, the guy absolutely mullered him. He also would have expected the guy to get sent off if he did get contact. Do you know what I mean? It's sort of, it's a risk, isn't it? I'll get a contact here, I might score, I'll get clattered, but there might be a pen and or might be a sending off. You know? So, Bart, um, we talked about, you were moaning about the pundits and the intermatch, um, <laughs> but every single pundit I saw, um, probably about eight or nine, overall, all said, red, I no arguments, it. absolute red, what, what is yeah. going on? I, 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 I oh, don't even, I don't even understand how they... I mean, have they come out and said anything? Have I missed it? Is it about... No. no? Right. So yeah. they've just Even Glass Crooks have said it was a, an outrageous decision. Yeah. yeah. I, I saw people talking about Harold Schumacher and Patrice Battiston in the 1982 World Cup. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's one from the archives. Yeah, I just... I, I don't understand. I think so I said it a while ago. If you've got the video right in front of you, that you're still making a wrong decision, something's going on. 
I I hate that this is a, anything to do with VAR. The the referee was ten meters yeah, away, yeah. had a clear line of sight. If he didn't know that's a red card, he has no place on a professional football pitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. But I mean, equally, if you see it, if you see it on a replay on a TV and you don't say anything, that's still not right. You know, it, it's. I just can't believe the guy didn't didn't even tell him to go and look at the monitor. I think. Um... I think there's been some egregious decisions in the whole Premier League omni shambles implementation of VAR, but I think for me this is the most egregious because it's it's this one's dangerous. Some of the others have just been egregious because they're crap, like the one where Bamford yeah, yeah. was caught offside because he was pointing that one, yeah. um, things like that. But this was just this is outright dangerous. I mean, he could have been seriously, seriously, inj- seriously injured here because it was a neck high challenge, wasn't it? Yeah, you see his neck fly back, his head yeah. fly back. It's like, yeah, it, it, this could have seriously injured Diaz. Uh, he was down on the ground for a good couple of minutes. And yep. yeah, nothing. He didn't, didn't get booked. Yeah, didn't even get a yellow card. Didn't even get a yellow card. Yeah, I think you're right. This is probably because of the danger level in terms of, or the endangering an opponent is the worst part about this decision. The rest yeah. of them are just all sporting, aren't they? Just an outcome we didn't like. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, the the Premier League um, sort of one who gets all the skinny from the Pogmall and the and the Premier League about Vardale Johnson of ESPN. He's done his he's read and he's again he said the reason the reason it wasn't overturned was because of this high bar this mythical high bar which the Premier League has decided to implement in its in its you know for for its VAR process so to to limit the amount of overturns so the bar for overturning is incredibly high it'd be useful to get some examples of what what is something that would be overturned under this high bar rule but uh, I, but I think it's bullshit I don't there's no evidence of a high bar other than the Dale Murphy but you think he's vote. you think he's you think he's um, a pogmol apologist yeah, 100%. I don't, okay. I, I don't think any referee has, has said anything about it. There's no rule saying that there's a specific high bar. And there have been significant overturns this season. Yeah. No penalty. I haven't seen... Oh, I haven't seen... Go, and see the, go and see the monitor. Here's a penalty, you dickhead. We've I, seen that recently. I haven't seen anything published by the Premier League or Pogmol or anybody or IFAB or anybody talking about what the high bar is. No, there's no, change, there's, there's no difference in rule. Yeah, it's because Dale says it earlier on. I mean, I, I I'm sorry, I don't, I don't believe it exists, but he, he kind of says it's. It's a smokescreen to cover up people. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's, he's, Dale was saying it, it's, it's supposed to be they don't want more than one point five in major incident decisions of IFR a game or something like that because the Euros were two a game. Well, I don't know, but anyway, I just was. <laughs> how have you got half a decision that comes into anyway? So I just think it's the biggest load of you know, excuse my French crap going on. It's. That's an error. Let's call it out as an error. Yeah, that and that's probably the biggest problem I've got with referees in this country. That there's no accountability. Yeah, 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 for sure. There is no accountability. Okay, um, but okay, the game, the game carried on. Um, Sanchez stayed on the pitch. Um, just a quick word on quick some some quick stats on Joel Matip. Um, he is fifth in the top five leagues combined. Uh, and this is amongst all players including forwards, midfielders, defenders, for progressive distance per 90 minutes. Not total distance, but just the progressive distance. Um, so he's 247 metres per 90 minutes. Um, 
So Americ Laporte from Man City is top with 314 metres. And then above him, you've got Alfonso Davis for Bayern, Eric Garcia of Barcelona, and Vinicius Junior of Real Madrid. Uh, they're the only, in terms of total progressive distance per 90. Now, once you adjust it in terms of progressive distance divided by progressive carries, um, Joel Matip is 11th per carry. So he's at 28.1 metres. Progressive carry. When he goes on with his carries, yep. he goes on. He's at twenty eight point one meters average. Um, the 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 long. This is pretty impressive, actually. This part that Eric Garcia is top for Barca, and his his average per progressive carry is thirty eight point nine meters. Jeez. <laughs> so yeah, um, Laporte from Man City is actually slightly behind Joel on this one. He's at twenty seven point three. But yeah. So it's 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 I'm not I'm not so I'm a bit skeptical I have to say about still about progressive passes I I am still yeah. but I'm I'm far more on board with the progressive carry. As well, I think I, I think you just highlighted there that Matic's having a great season and he's. Hey, he's hey, what he's, else you highlighted there? Vinny is amazing. His entries he's he's, he's doing the he's out Grealish and Grealish in terms of carries into the box and stuff and yeah. now as well. I just think it's, it's it's added a part to our game. I know Gomez has bits was different to VVD and you know when he played next to him, but that progressing the ball in that gangly style has, has added to our attacking play. You know, yeah, uh, it's been, yeah, it's it's quite staggering the stats that Matic's bringing out now. Yeah. Um. So I thought after the after the uh, after after we took the lead, say we we took complete control of this match. And I think this is one way where we need to start bringing in some of the actual individual pressing performances about how we how we control Brighton. So when when you are on the first watch and watch or second watch, you how did you see about how we completely nullified Brighton and for the rest of that half? Well, Brighton for a start they backed off a little bit and and took their time, but we because they because they came from such a narrow base, like it was hard to get out to to um, the width. And we we recycled possession really really nicely in the wide triangles. So like between Robbo, Naby, um, and Virgil, and then and Fab, so, uh, whoever is is over that side, um, and uh, um, and then between Trent, usually Trent, Matip, and Hendo down the right hand side, um, the. We switched uh, Mane to be the head of a, of basically a diamond in midfield when we had possession, and Mo barely. You know, it, we, we're generally the the better attacking force when Mo is part of the build up play, and he had no build up phase here at all. His, he was the eldest. His, his hotspot is in the box. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then, to be fair, Sai, si, this is one of our lowest amount of passes in the season, isn't it? Yeah, so it wasn't really a feature of our game to pass it through and, and involve, involve Mo in the in the game in that way. It was just he was an out there. I mean, was it four hundred passes we had something like that? Yeah, yeah. This is what this is why I was saying that. Did, yeah, I have. Um, did we did we modif- moderate our approach compared to previous Brighton games and stuff in this one slightly? Just what on Mo on the pace thing again. Say one thing we did say seeing that last but the first half was Mo absolutely streaking down the left hand side of the pitch and should have had a penalty. I thought so too. Yeah, he was pulled, in, he was pulled back. Clearly was, pulled back. About three minutes. No, I mean the one inside the boxes. He was about to shoot. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Hands all on over the shoulder. It, on the shoulder, yeah. pulls him back. Yeah. Basuma is a big lad and yeah. also rapid. 
Yeah. And but then Klopp has a go at him for not squaring it. Yeah, no, no, yeah, Klopp, yeah, was yeah, a, no yeah. Klopp was having a go at the ref for not giving a pen, I think. Well, the newspapers reported and and the other big uh, fan sites reported that Klopp was having a go at at, um, Mo for not passing it. And then there's a clip from the side showing that uh, no point was there fewer than two defenders in the the direct line between Mo and uh, Diaz. The pass wasn't on. It was pretty obvious on match of the day that Klopp was having a go at the ref for not not giving the pen. Right, Okay. Okay. Because on the on the live it looks he, like he, Klopp's he, having he, a go at him. Yeah, because he puts his hands out. Like like Basuma put his hands out. He puts his hands out and like he's shouting away. So anyway. Ah, fair enough. Anyway, yeah, there was no pass on. Yeah. It was a pen. But yeah, I think I think um, one of the things we have to bring in this is where our unique, unique angle on all this so it, 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 with all the data. This, this was gags this time on collection. Um, was that this was this was a, just an unbelievably good off ball performance in terms of. And control and, and stifling an opposition. I mean, I already posted the dashboard before. Oh, oh, let me can I set you up with this, right? Go on. The, uh, we talk about opportunity all the time, and this wasn't like a high opportunity. Lots of lots of deep recycling in the box. In box. Team. No. But what it is is it's it, there is a function to what our we talked about last week. Our midfielder now doing, um, so that we're in the position to create pressing opportunities when we do lose the ball because it's a moment when we all know we might lose rather than one player doing something insane on his own and and catching our own defense our own midfield completely out of position so so the hendo do you remember that period 61 percent ball retention for like a month he's 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 over 90 so our midfield in in this game they had 93 percent ball retention yeah, that's phenomenal. So yes. that that they aren't creating risk. So probably our chances in the box are getting down a little bit, but also as a function of the game, we're winning, um, and we're not giving opportunity to the opposition to counter on us. So we're losing possession when we're ready to go and press to get it back again. Yeah, a little, yeah. the thing that Klopp and Pep didn't create was people chasing to get a ball back attackers chasing to get a no. ball back that's not the thing they did that's not pressing's about pressing is about creating a, a platform and a structure of play in possession that enables you to turn the ball over again when you lose possession and in the areas you want to want to as well exactly exactly yeah. that and that's what we're doing right now is that we're creating patterns of play in which we are always secure if we happen to lose possession in any of those, we already we've already planned for it at all moments. So at no point are people causing us to be unstable. And, yeah, and, and I, even a month ago, we were a little bit unstable, but still winning. I think you said earlier in the season of the, the element of control. We we weren't controlling where we wanted the opposition to play. Exactly. Yeah. Now we're seeing this. We're starting. We're saying right. You can play there. You can have your shots from miles away because they're a really low percentage. But yeah. then when you come here, we're going to win it off you. We talk exactly. continually. So our pressing numbers match up with that, Darth. Yes, they absolutely do. And we talk continually early in the season about how we had too many weak links in our, yeah. in our system, in our pressing chain when we were pressing. And like you said, now it is so much more, so much more controlled. And, and um, so, Machine. yeah, I, I would first of all look at the dashboard, which we put in, which has got all the summary metrics in. High amount of presses in this game, 203. Not many times you get over 200 a match. Um, four 
presses leading to shots, which is good for a total of 0.45 XG, which is pretty good, you know, from pressing. Um, 43 group presses. That's one thing that's really come back in, in with a vengeance in the last four, five, six games. We're starting to see significant volumes of group presses. In this match, there was a triple group press, which led to a shot, which was the um, the breakaway in the second half for uh, for, for Salah. Um, wow. uh, it was on Trossard, uh, three players um, simultaneous. Um, but when you've got that mid-block position and everybody can pounce simultaneously but it's like you know everybody's within proximity to 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 to, to force that turnover exactly uh i think gags was saying was it nabby involved in a high amount of the chain presses is that right oh i mean you can see this the, you can see this on the data viz as well i mean the, the, yeah. the pressing chain is really strong it's it's all over um the left half space the left wing um and also the left back channel where where they did attack quite a lot down there with lamptey and um yeah, the white um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but on that left-hand zone with Cater, I mean Naby Cater in this match. Um, this was his hundredth appearance for Liverpool, by the way, Naby Cater, and it, it, it was, this is one of his very best off-the-ball performances. Um, Thirty-eight presses in sixty minutes, sixty-two minutes. It's just, it's just, it's almost unheard of that that kind of level of intensity. And Gang said that the way he linked in in, in is the second way with Diaz, um, with Robbo. And with Fab, which was just unbelievable. Um, I've got a, I've got an individual dashboard for Naby. I'll, I'll put it up in a second. But um, he, he was the, he was the star performer here. Um, but in terms of, the, in terms of the match, in terms of the pressing numbers, I'm just trying to find the numbers I put in the chat earlier on. Um, so fifty one point three possession adjusted for Naby, and that's a ten. Remember, this is a view of intensity. Once you, once you adjust yeah. for how, how much of the ball we've got and how much of the ball the opposition have got. Um, so that's top 20 for any player in a match ever uh, for us. Um, and Naby's now got four of those top 20 uh, most intense performances. So just, just to give some context of who's got the others, Bobby's got 10 of them. Uh, Naby's next with four. Ox, um, Fab's got three. Ox has got two, including the record. Thiago and Taki have got one each. But yeah, it was... Um, so Naby Keita was... Um, he also had two presses leading to shots in this match as well. So um, it was a just just an unreal performance. I mean, do, you want to add, do you want to add to that based on what you watched, what you saw on the watch back, um, Bats, on Naby? I just thought he was... I mean, you have all of that off the ball and he got 86% pass rate on the ball. Uh, he gets an assist, and like, hit, hit, hits a shot and he gets a penalty of it. He has 41 touches, which comparison, Hendo had 44, Fab 37, so in and around it. Um, and also a passing for Hendo is 73 and Fab 78. So, you know, he just... Half less than the others. Exactly. <laughs> he, he was, and that's what I'm saying. I, that he, I thought he was a joy to watch. I really do. Uh, he, he's really got that role working phenomenally. Um, as I said earlier on, he, he is now, I think, linking the defence and the attack down that left-hand side. We, um, you can yeah. see it on... Um, you can see on the, the shot. I'm going to put it in the in the. Um, I'll put it in the live show chat now. But you can see the heat map in the left back channel and in the left wing channel. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's becoming um, like a strength, isn't it? It's, it's. I mean, I don't think we have to worry now who's playing the left eight. Do you know what I mean? Whereas before, it was if Tiago's not there, we're we're going to have a problem. But I think Naby's now. He plays it slightly differently to Tiago. Um, but he, I don't think he's got the range of passing as Thiago, but he's he's incredibly good at keeping a simple, moving it, moving the ball very simply. You know, winning it, 
being in the right place, connecting play, but then he's on the ball, he makes a simple pass, the right pass, the right weight. You know, it's just, it's really good to see a player completely, um, I think, trusting and, and moving and having confidence to play. And yeah. as you can see in the, have you put the individual dashboard in the chat? Yeah, yeah in the live yeah. show, yeah. It's just, that's a performance and a half, you know. And to have four uh, for the left connector in the top 20 presses now is, is brilliant. And I think, was it taken as 100? 100 appearances, but I think you've you've probably finally seen what they thought Naby might, they could do with Naby, maybe. Yeah. Um, and to get those many presses in where you only actually, and you only actually play an hour. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's just unbelievable, really. Um, it's crazy. Top target was, top target was McAllister with 11. Um, but yeah, it was it was just a, just a centre and two leading to shots. The only player who had more high value presses in the match was was Sadio from from the centre forward role. But yeah, so top 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 performance from Naby Keita. Um, side question for you, because um, Naby got Naby's got a lot of hate. Uh, you've been a champion from on social media for years, and you've had running battles in the in the Naby wars. Um, how do you see him now in terms of the Wijnaldum role? He, he is really interesting. The um... Somebody, I think Grace said something along the lines of uh, we changed midfields in the, uh, the cha- we changed the roles of midfielder in the time between the time we, we bought him and the, t- and the, and the season yeah. later when we arrived. And uh, I was never entirely sure that's true. I think it's moved on a little bit. And if anything, he, he should be in Henderson's role. On the on the right side as the high connector, the one that's progressive, that's carrying the ball into the box, that's creating risk, that's creating chances and having shots and goals. Um, and he's not. He's been he's been turned into Ginny's replacement, being totally risk averse, being um, ball protector, always being tactically in the right spot, and then going win the ball back. In the second wave, not in the front. So his yeah. role has completely changed. When he first arrived, he was front foot. He was always the first line of, of press. He was trying to force chances, which he off, he did all the time. So he, he used to have really high XG chain numbers, yes. really high XG, XG build numbers, expected assists. He was getting shots off. He was creating chances. He was winning the ball back. Now he is like the ultimate... Um, uh, controller of space. It's it's yeah. it's totally different. I'm not sure I like it better, but it works in this team that way. I would love to see Tiago one side and go and free Naby on the other side. I, I think it would be a wonderful thing. Um, I don't think we're ever going to see it. Sadly. So, say uh, you, you know you said uh, risk averse, uh, you know, in a role. You, you you could say risk averse, but it's all relative because I just put his FB ref scouting report in there, and it's fucking phenomenal. <laughs> That's versus all other midfielders. <laughs> I mean, so he's got everything. So he, he, remember, we used to say he, that's what um, Ian Graham said, wasn't it? You know, we saw this guy. This guy has got everything in the data. He was there. I just, I think, I think I said this to you earlier. I, I, I don't think we'll see the pair of them in a game because the risk of not having either of them available is too high an influence on our performance. Yeah, if that makes sense. So Unless for us, it's like the, the, Maybe the last game of the season. Exactly, yeah. Or as Gags said, you know, the Champions League, you know, a final or something, you know what I mean, where they're all fit. 
But for us to do anything this season, both of them have to keep doing this sharing 90 over two games. We have to have that. They have to be av- available. One of them has to play the left side eight or the connector but, with it. With it. I agree with you, but they're doing very, very different things. Yeah, yeah, Tiago, no. I, I Tiago, is, Tiago is on a completely different level. To I love Naby, yeah. but they aren't, they're, they're rarely, you just shouldn't com- compare the two. Tiago is, might be the best midfielder I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we talked. We, we talked. We talked about how Mo Salah is probably the best player in the world this season. But there's yeah. an argument to say that Thiago has actually been Liverpool's best player. He's not remotely played any kind of minutes, has he? This, this, no, so, that's the thing. That's the crying shame, isn't it? But that's well, but that's also yeah. the massive advantage that Mo Salah brings you. That's why you yeah. have to the big bucks because he's always available. Yeah, 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 for sure. I, I think if if Thiago had Mo's availability. Uh, I don't even think we'd be worried about City, would we? I think if Thiago had Mo's availability, he'd be the best player in the world for the last 10 years. Yeah, and we'd be sat at the top of the league. It doesn't surprise me at all when Pep moved to Bayern on the premise that he was going to take Thiago with him. I I had no idea how good... Watching him against Inter blew my mind. Yeah. And uh, this is not hyperbole. He blew my mind. I couldn't believe how good he was at all the stuff. The way he wins the ball back so aggressively. But he does that thing that Fab does in the the tackle pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, even in this game, he he came on and was brilliant. Yeah, in this game, he didn't give the ball away. No. He, He was utterly amazing. So... Yeah, absolutely. Naby is brilliant. I love Naby. I wish they would both play in the same team. I don't think they need to... I don't think they play. They naturally play the same role. Naby yeah. absolutely can do all the things that Hendo's role is doing on the other side. I think it seems like it's Naby's natural role. I don't understand why he doesn't get played there. It, 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 it staggers me that he doesn't. But what you put up on uh, about the bars, uh, the, uh, um, him looking great this season in the last year. If you if you drew a graph of things over the over a period of t- uh, over the last three hundred and sixty five days, as it said, Darth, um, lots of those would have dropped down because his game has changed significantly in the last four or five months. So earlier on in the season, he was making uh, he was doing about five and a half meters per pro- uh, progressive meters per touch. Um, Nabby was, and um, and he currently is down at three point two. He is retaining possession at a much higher level, um, and being he's definitely being risk averse. He's definitely making less incisive movements and less incisive passes. He's been more deliberate about it. I'm absolutely fine with it. So talking about Thiago um, here, this how just how good he has been. I mean, I I like to think um, Bart's. There's one stat um, that you can get off StatsBomb and FB Ref, which which really does highlight the importance of individuals in a team sport, and that's the expected goals plus minus, because um, yep. it, it's literally only calculated from when that player is on the pitch for their team. Yeah, so it's, it's the exact minutes he's played, isn't it? So it's it's why it's really important and. As you posted there, Thiago's well ahead, or half a goal, if you like, 
ahead of anybody else. 2.52 per game, his, his expected goals plus minus. So when he plays, that would be equivalent of, say, an, X, an XG of 3 to 0.5 in a match. Yeah, a big chance, basically. A big chance yeah. more. A big chance um, more, and nearly two big chances more than City's closest player. So there's three, mon- there's, there's three monster teams in Europe in, ter- in terms of the numbers. It's Liverpool, it's also it's City, and it's Bayern. And um, but you know, next on the list is Leroy Sani, and he's two point zero four ahead. Uh, then there's a few players, and we've got one other player in the top ten. We've got Joel Matip down at one point seven one, which is which is a hell of an achievement for that. Yeah. But if um, if um, XG plus minus per ninety isn't isn't uh, doesn't float your boat, how about total XG plus minus? Because we've got the player top in the list on that one as well with Virgil Van Dijk ahead it's of any Man City. Or uh, but to think that we get, we we can get players on these lists ahead of City and Bayern players. That's how good this team is. I know, and that's I know we've said it time and time again, and keep saying it. But you really have to enjoy this side because they are phenomenal. They really are phenomenal. I mean, were they averaging below a goal now at XGA? 0.85 uh, now. Right, we're, we're still pump. We're still what just below two, maybe XG uh, in attack. You know, we're creating a, a good number of big chances a game. This is a phenomenal football team. This is a phenomenal football team, and we're now doing rotation in completely in line with what the science says. So you're seeing a fully functioning eleven coming into the back of the season. And we've won one, and we've got three still on the on the board. I mean, you really have to enjoy this team and not moan about all the other stuff that goes on. <laughs> you know, yeah, they're and, not going to be around forever. They're not going to be around forever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And to top a top a good week off, Roman gets sanctioned as well. But well, yeah, I know. But someone, you know, the thing is with that, I, I don't. I know you love that. I love a bit of the political geopolitical stuff. But for me, someone else will buy it. Right, someone else will buy Chelsea, and it will repeat. You know, that's just what's yeah, going on. Yeah, you don't know, you don't know what kind of, like, you know, ownership is a mad thing. It's a know, funny you know. thing. Unless it's an American owner, it'll be somebody else and they'll put money in. You know how it is. But, Americans you know, as we know, there's money. good there's good American owners and there's bad American Americans owners. Americans don't have the this. money to invest three point seven two point seven billion pounds. It's four billion dollars. That yeah, just yeah, but they can they're not gonna invest that kind of money in Chelsea. So you have to have a non business reason to do it. Yeah, and yeah. there isn't one. And then they're, they're not going to be able to put that money in anyway because the proceeds will go to Abramovich. So where's that four billion dollars? You know, I don't. You know, it's not going to go anywhere, is it? Yeah, I just say. So like, what what exactly is the value of Chelsea? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. You'd have to till it all comes out. Well, we've got one point five billion debt that they have, the owner has to pay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, apparently your site. Apparently your NFL team site. Your owner uh, is 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 one of the one of the guys bidding for. Uh, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's not dodgy at all. <laughs> but he does own one of the, I think, seven biggest companies in the world. So, so they are the people that can. Yeah. Off. Yeah. Anyway, um, so um, okay, there was a very nice, um, very nice press leading to a shot trip. As I mentioned, the triple group press here. This is what I wanted to talk about with the, uh, the Diaz break here. This because this was it was it was this was perfection. It was you know the the, the 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 set the trap, press Trossard, release Diaz, and then say talk us through the rest of it because that was just phenomenal. It's, it's the ability of him to travel long distances at at such speed is is the it's just it's it's a really rare thing, right? He 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 gets faster with the ball. I'm fairly sure. Yeah, that's got to be rare in itself. Yeah, I the, we we've got a, a couple of girls in the that like it, but um. 
yeah, he 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 is he is a remarkable rapid lad who loves he is Mane and Salah both evolved since they arrived. Both of them when when they first arrived got the ball and, and dribbled past people. Um as soon as they got the ball, it was like their first thought was how I'm gonna beat this fucking and and that's all he wants to do all the time. That's his absolutely yeah. um, and and hopefully over the course of a year expand his mind into understanding what happens after beating that fella. Yeah. Um but it's yeah, it's fun to watch for sure. When he meet, he's only been here two months, right? So or six weeks even. Not even uh, five yeah. weeks. Yeah. So yeah. His decision making will improve over time, but on this occasion, on this break, his decision making was outstanding, wasn't it? Say that cutback there, to, it was just p- perfection. Yeah, you mean yeah. the one where Mo puts it wide? Yeah, he, he, yeah. Sl- he kind of slightly scuffs it, but it was that decision making there from Diaz was was perfect. Yeah, it was good. It was good. He had a couple of others. Where they were, yeah, um, but but like at doing the things that he does at this speed, it's 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 pretty. Uh, um, rare and and I think we've got four of the probably fifteen lads in the world do this. Um, and so it's it's as as Bart's was saying, it's it's remarkable time to be a Liverpool fan. I'm really excited by him. Um, uh, he's he is very erratic, and I think it's a good thing that he is so erratic. In sense, and I, I think erratic makes it sound like there's a negative. Uh, so I'm chaotic, maybe better than erratic. Uh, how about mercurial? Yeah. Mercurial. No, no, no. I, I don't like mercurial. It means you just sit on the bench and I get played. Chaos, so that he gives the ball to Mo a little bit quicker. Um, I think uh, life will be good. Uh, yeah. As one of my troops said to me, Bart's, he looks like he's been made in a lab specifically for Klopp's Liverpool. Yeah, he's going to take it. I think I think Sai's right, and I you know I've said it before. I think he's just his final thing will come. But I, I it would be interesting. This is just a, a note, okay? Where if it carries on as it is, and we get to push to Kashav, it'd be interesting whether the the three normal lads, if they're fit play because they know the system and they know we'll, they will take advantage of the percentages more than the chaos lad. You mean if Jota's fully fitted and firing again? Oh, yeah. If we have yeah. Mo Mane and Jota fit going into the running, I do wonder whether Klopp will go, I know when it's in this position we will create a chance rather than Chaos Diaz, as Sai's called him now, Well, it, there is still a chance that he won't make that right decision. Do you know what I mean? the critical it's time. good to have that option. From the bench, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, just generally, to have that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I think going forward, make, yeah. I'm excited. I'm, yeah, I'm massively excited by him being on. I'm just, you know, when, you, when it really comes to those crunch games, it'll yeah. be interesting to see what opportunity makes. I think, to be I honest, think the level of stability we have behind it affords us the, the luxury of playing that nutter. Yeah, no, I think so I think you're right. I just, it just, you know what it's like with Klopp in the really big game, Champions League semi-finals, that kind of stuff, you know? Mm. Well, yeah, yeah, you're yeah, probably right. It's worth pointing out on the way that that even on match of the day, um, Jermaine Genus and Alan Shearer basically both were talking about Liverpool's recruitment, and they said, "Well, you know how how this guy." I mean, he said, "Genus said, said, I don't know what they're doing up there at Liverpool, 
But this guy, he said, he just looks like he's born to play for Liverpool. And he said, then then he looked and then they took Jota. Jota came for Wolves. Nobody, nobody thought, nobody saw Jota at Wolves. And he comes out and he looks out and he hits the ground running. And I was thinking, absolutely, Jimmy, that's exactly what we do all the fucking time. Yeah, because we're so fucking good. Off the pitch as well as on it. Anyway. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, quick question from AJ on the pod side. Really big one. What's the prognosis on Salah? He came off injured. This is my God. Everybody's in shock. He actually had to, he was forced off in a match. Yeah. What's, do uh, we have a prognosis? I, I, don't, I don't, I've no idea. I've no idea what's wrong with him. I don't think anybody knows what's wrong with him. There's nothing public anyway. Yeah. But you said on... based on what you saw on your TV screen did concern you, didn't it? When he was in. Yeah. Because it was pointing to something behind the knee, I think you said. Yeah. Yeah. Is... The echo said it was his foot. It looks it looks like um like rear lateral portion of the left the the back left corner of the knee looks. So it could be hamstring, could be uh it could be insertion of a calf, it could be a ligament, um it could be a kick on on one of those or on a bone on the side of the leg. But I think it was an overstretched ligament by the 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 actions that uh, happened before it would you be surprised to see him against either arsenal or forest i would never be surprised to see mo salah anywhere <laughs> but we have no, the no... only player who's kept him out is chowdhury isn't it he's the only one yeah and that was for one game and he killed him <laughs> um so it's impossible and it's the same knee it's impossible to know literally because there's no um, history of how quickly he he recovers from from injuries. Everybody is different, and some players have uh, recover quickly, some quicker than others. And we have no idea. Never. Yeah. So I guess we find out at Klopp's presser tomorrow. Then I think I think is that the game one for Arsenal? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. the Arsenal game is Wednesday, so Klopp's presser yeah. will be Tuesday afternoon, won't it? Is it international after the cup game? Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, Forest on Sunday um, and then um, international break. Mm. So, um, okay. Um, any other any other business for Brighton, chaps? Did you get any, everything out that you wanted to? Yeah, I thought it was just a controlled performance as we've been putting in recently. Um, uh, yeah, I said uh, we made them play the way we wanted to play and we got the result we wanted. You know, yeah. it was good. Only down point was Mo coming off. That was it for me. Okay. Anything from any final words, say? No. Okay. In that case, thanks everybody for listening. We will be back next Tuesday for a double header of Arsenal and Nottingham Forest. Until then, up the Reds. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. 
It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.